Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome once again back into the House of Jerks. It's another beautiful day in Raleigh, North Carolina, where the House of Jerks is located. I am your host on this podcast brought to you by Belly Up Media. Brian Sign. We have a special podcast today where we're going to be answering a listener's question. And one of the cool things about hockey in the South is that most people that discover hockey already have a previous favorite sport. So a lot of people that come into hockey have already been watching other sports for a while first. Now, there are the unique people that don't, like my kids. But other than that, pretty much everybody else follow suit with some of the, the bigger sports locally and then come into hockey at a later time. So this week we got a question from Pearson, who's in Atlanta, Georgia currently. Uh, Pearson is a young one, so I'm going to leave out his last name. But he had a really, really cool question that I had never thought about. And so we're going to try to answer it today. His question is, why isn't there a shot clock in hockey? I had never considered that before. I thought it was a great question. So to answer that question, I turn to Chapel Hill alumni and college historian Jeff Rayner. Jeff, how you doing, man? I'm doing awesome, Brian. How you doing, man? I've never been better in my entire life. You know, I, I remember watching college basketball a lot, but really it wasn't until I moved to the triangle that you kind of it's forced on you. And you, you, you kind of have to pick a team and you have to be around Chapel Hill State, Duke. And learning the history of why there is a shot clock in college basketball, I found fascinating. Well, so I picked you because you are a Chapel Hill alumni. So if you want to go ahead and explain why there is a shot clock in college basketball. (laughs) Well, first off, I'm going to try not to be as biased because, um, you know, as a UNC fan, a lot of times we feel like uh, we're the center of the basketball universe. But um, when this rule comes about, you pretty much are. (laughs) <laughs> hey, there's there's plenty of other um, major players out there. Uh, you know, we didn't invent basketball, so uh, we just perfected it. So, <laughs> but no, seriously, um, you know, when basketball started years ago, it's uh, it, it started without a shot clock, and I think it's important for people to understand that. And so, what happened is that uh, several of the um, coaches and teams and stuff figured out ways to play differently, to slow down the game, to um, really wait until they had that perfect pass in and so that they could take a shot. Now that was a good strategy for those were usually not just safer shots, but they were like layups up close kind of shots, not. Yeah. And, and of course there's still a component of that today. But it got to a, a level of ad nauseum to where it became really painful to watch, <laughs> especially compared to the modern game. And, you know, it, it all goes back to um, Neil, um, I'm going to slaughter his last name, Neil Basie of uh, West Virginia Tech. He actually developed 
four corners. A lot of UNC fans credit that to Dean Smith, but um, Neil's Smith kind of perfected but, it. But yeah, Bassey's the one. Yeah, that... yeah, he's the one that actually came up with it. But it was perfected by Dean Smith, and um, he had a point guard that was really special. And I've had the um, wonderful courtesy of being able to uh, meet, and he gave me a tour of the basketball museum. Was uh, Phil Ford. And he's probably one of the best point guards ever to play the uh, college game. And between Dean Smith's uh, amazing coaching and his ability at point guard, they slowed it down so much that something needed to be done. And what did Dean Smith call his uh, offense? It was four corners. Because what you would do is you would would pass it to the four corners of the court – and then what you would try to do is wait until someone was free and could break away in and then just, like you said, lay it up. There was, it was either a short shot or a layup. And they would pass it and pass it and pass it until the, you caught the defender overguarding, and that opened up a lane and you'd take advantage of that overguarding. And so, you know, I, I think part of the question is you see in hockey today, you see a lot of passing and not a lot of shooting now we did another question uh, a couple weeks ago about the difference between blocks and shots on goal and it's commonly thought that well if you get a shot then it is a shot on goal that's not the way it is in the nhl whereas a shot in college basketball you're trying to score if you're putting the ball up yeah yeah so it's it's a slight difference right there between the two so then we, we can talk a little bit about um, it, it was starting. They were, they were trying to get away from it, even though, uh, would you say his name was Phil Ford? He kind of perfected it and ran it even better. Yeah, Dean Smith and Phil Ford together with the four corners really perfected it. But um, then the first, the first measure they did is they didn't really want to change the shot clock. So the first thing they did was come out with uh, the five-second rule. And the five-second closely guarded rule was kind of to make sure that one person couldn't just hold the ball, turn their back to the defender and keep the ball away from them. And you, and you watch this guy, you know, desperately try to uh, pull it out of his uh, hands without fouling. Him. And, See, and that's right there. I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because that's right there is the difference between hockey and basketball. Because if the guy has a puck and he just turns his back to me, I'm going to lay him out. You can't exactly. do that in basketball. <laughs> so you don't need a shot clock as much. That's, that's, has been a foul and always will be a foul. Even in the NBA, that's a foul. So, so yeah, yeah, I mean, the five-second rule they were hoping would stop. The yeah, they were, they were thinking, hey, five seconds is fine. As long as they're uh, within one step of, of the um, person, um, you can basically uh, hold it for five seconds. And if you held it too long, then it's considered a turnover, even though the ball is still in possession of that uh, that player. And so you would have to take it out of bounds and, and uh, the other team would get it. So that they tried. But here again, well, curiosity, all did the other is, team, and because you're the historian, I'm not. Out of curiosity, would that mean then that the other team would try to do the same thing, slowing down the game even more because both teams were basically playing similar offenses by the 70s and – Well, some were. Some were. Some were you know, it, it came down to – you know, I think the whole shot clock came down to try to create more parity between the teams. 
Um, you know, a lot of people were afraid that the Blue Bloods would run uh, everybody because they'd had the best athletes and everything else. And so they're trying to create parity. And then um, it's kind of interesting that some of the Blue Bloods took it to the other extreme and slowed down the game like um, Dean Smith did at Chapel Hill. And basically that created a situation where, where other teams followed suit, but some wouldn't. But if you did it right, if you had a good enough defense, even if someone was trying to speed up the game, if you had good defense and you could slow down the game, then, then those are the games you want. So let's take it to uh, 1982. Game between the University of Virginia Cavaliers and Chapel Hill. And it was a nationally televised ACC championship game. And Chapel yep. Hill had the ball for the last seven minutes of the second half and won 47-45. I've not been able to find this game on YouTube. I wanted to watch it. How boring <laughs> was that event just to watch somebody stand there, hold the ball, pass it over, stand there and hold the ball? I, I can only well, imagine how dull it got. I mean, and they had great athletes. I'm not saying they were bad. It was just – and it was strategic. I see the point to it, but boring to watch. Well, exactly. And, and you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, Virginia's still known as a team that plays just fundamentally shut down defense. And uh, they're a very tough team to play. You don't want to play them. But for me personally, when I watch the games, watching Virginia play is, and even if we're playing against them, they, they slow down the game so much, even currently, that it's, not as fun to watch as these up and down teams. So back then, you know, UNC versus Virginia, of course, in uh, 82, you know, you've got um, some, some kind of half known player that uh, helped to make the um, shot before the winning shot, uh, Michael Jordan. So that was kind of nice. So that's, that's kind of a historical moment for uh, Chapel Hillians, but um, yeah, I'm hundred percent with you. It is, even though I appreciate the game, um, just kind of like you can appreciate a goalie that does a shutout and there's a lot more to it. And, and, but at the end of the day, it's just a lot more fun to see more scores and different well, styles of sports scores, at least more action. Yes. Yeah. Well, and that's true. Yeah. Because, because even if you're missing shots, you're, you're probably. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I don't mind a good one, nothing game in hockey, but just if I were sitting there watching somebody just hold a puck for seven minutes, I'd be driven crazy. So similar to the five second rule, hockey has what's called delay of game penalties. And there's two types of delay of game penalties. And it has nothing to do with a shot clock. There isn't a specific amount of time. It's up to the officials to make a judgment call. So if, the defenseman is behind the goal and he's just sitting there holding it, holding it, holding it. The other team can't really get around to get to him. So they have to get it out of their zone, but it's really a judgment call. Just like if you shoot the puck into the stands, it's a judgment call. Did you mean to, or is it completely accidental or tipped off somebody else or anything along those lines? Do you think having a hard, fast shot clock, you must get the shot off and it must hit the rim during this time period would be better. Like, you, you have to be attempting plays. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think it's 
a wonderful discussion right now because I think it's um, as both a fan of hockey and um, uh, college basketball, I think it's great to kind of force some of these comparisons because I think they're when you take it down and you really think about these games, they're fundamentally different. And when you ask something as simple as, okay, well, why wouldn't we put a shot clock in hockey versus the reasons why they implemented in both in the NBA and in uh, college level sports, it's fundamentally a different sport. And there's so much action, you know, in hockey, there's so much action in um, soccer and other, other um, types of sports that don't have shot clocks that there really isn't the ability to create a four corners type of um, offense that would slow down the game so much that it becomes um, difficult to watch. Now, the, the only thing that I would say could be slowing down the game and boring to watch, um, if you have a team that's in the third period and they go on the power play, that means they have five guys out on the ice. The other team only has four. They're not going to take a shot unless it's wide open. And that's the best thing I could compare four quarters offense to. Well, but even, even that, there's so many. It's so you have a great shot. You're going to pass it around, pass around, kill time off. If you get a goal, great. But if you're already up, it's not the biggest deal. Yeah, but even then, it seems like most of the uh, goals that I see go in are the are the rebounds off of a shot. So it's <laughs> it's um, you know, yeah. I mean, I definitely see what you mean because the defense isn't going to be checking um, when you're down a player on the defense. Well, you can't so, because you exactly they you have an open. extra guy. There's always going to be one guy open. Yeah, and and so yeah, but I but I find that as some of the most uh, exciting part of hockey on either side. Because when I'm rooting for a team that's down the man, then I'm just like, come on, guys, just just don't let the thing go in. <laughs> don't yeah. score, don't score. And if you're on the other side, you're like, come on, it's wide open. How come you can't take the shot? <laughs> well, I think the uh, the other difference, which we we briefly talked about, and why I don't think there ever will be a, a definite shot clock, is in hockey, if somebody has the puck, you just run them over. I mean. There is no, oh, we have to knock the ball completely out of his hand without smacking him. You can just run him over. And so I, I don't think you're ever going to have like a full-on shot clock, but I would like to see some of it like at when the, the defender is behind the goalie's net and their team is doing a line change. Why not have you can only be back there for 10 seconds or something? Beyond that, you're really just killing time. Yeah, no, I can see that. Um, and, and, you know, these, these sports are supposed to be kind of living sports and, and changing over time. And, uh, you know, basketball definitely has been a evolution. And, you know, what's, what's the last major change that, that they did in hockey, you think? Last major rule change that they've done, uh, the two yeah. line pass, getting rid of the two line pass, and so now it's yeah. icing where it's. I mean, the two line pass was difficult to control. It was hard to explain, um, and I think some of the at the NHL level, some of the instant replay stuff has really changed the game a lot, and being able to go back and change 
a goal based on an instant replay from three minutes ago. Oh, that guy was offside, so we're going to challenge that. He goes back and, oh, nope, the last three minutes didn't happen. That, I think, is more a technological change. And we see that in baseball, too, where they're looking at strike zones and they're trying to figure out ways to take it out of the official's hands and put it on technology's hands. Yeah. I, I think that there's a big advantage there, but there's also a lot of negativity there. Because the more you put technology into sports, the more you take it out of humans' hands. Well, we might as well watch robots play the game as well. <laughs> well, it's interesting because the same debate's happening in football. Do you put a sensor in the football to both detect where it is on the field and uh, if it breaks the plane and it's a score and everything else? Now, of course, it's hard to mirror that with the knee down and all the other little fundamental um, things. The USFL is trying, though. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting you know i mean what would they ever put a put a sensor in the in the puck itself so they've actually they they do have a sensor in the puck itself right now um but that's used more for analytics <laughs> oh, that's cool it's not used for during the game it's used for analytics and most of the players actually have sensors on their jerseys now but it's for the team's usage and for analytics as opposed to for rules so you can, you know, you, you, you put a sensors on the guys and then that's, that's how we know that Nietzsche's is right now the fastest from beginning speed to top speed in the NHL because mm-hmm. they have sensors that can break it down to milliseconds of how quickly he gets up at top speed. So the sensors, I think, help a lot. But from an analytic point of view, I don't want to see him interfering with the rules. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a constant wrestling match because what I've always seen in sport, I mean, one of the biggest things that happens is something has to create a pretty universal feeling of displeasure, kind of like four corners apparently did. So (laughs) that's where we have to come from the fans to be upset about it. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, one seriously blown call that just seems outrageously obvious. Like the NFL did with pass interference a couple years ago and they. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's a catch in the nfl nobody can actually still tell me what a catch is in the nfl anymore oh, exactly. hockey you can at least tell when the puck goes across the line you have possession and make a football move okay what is a football move well <laughs> and it changes so much week to week yeah you know what we can actually probably talk about officiating for the next hour and a half so um <laughs> hopefully that answered your question um if you have a question for us please definitely send us an email. Um, love to hear from anybody. It's the House of Jerks podcast at bellyupsports.com. It'll be in the liner notes as well. And if we talk about your email on the air, we will be sending you a puck. Also, if you have questions about coming and moving into the Raleigh area, it's a tough market right now and things are getting tougher if you want to buy a house. Uh, They're getting even tougher if you want to try to sell a house, because if you sell a house, you can do it quickly, but then you might not have anywhere to go. So if you have questions about that, you got to call Warren Sumner, 919-649-1294. He can at least help you answer the questions that you have. Uh, There was a time, you know, 20 years ago, where you would just stick a sign in the front yard and see who shows up and wants to buy it. We're not living in those days right now. And there's so many other types of business right now that are basically buying your house on the low end and then selling it to investors. 
it would be better for you to help make that money on your own. So give Warren a call if you have any questions about that. Um, got a couple more questions for you. Now we're going to move away from the basketball standpoint a little bit and talk about, again, Chapel Hill and the few they have with different teams in different sports. Because the Chapel Hill State hockey is huge, but they don't really care about NC State a whole lot right now in basketball. <laughs> it's, it's, it's unfortunately true. Um, I mean, the rivalry for a UNC fan is Duke. I mean, because both teams have kept a record of excellence. And um, the last time... But that would still be just in basketball, right? Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, the big the big rivalry is Duke, um, UNC, and basketball. I mean, it's it's if you talk about football, then then you know, uh, NC State gets relevant again. Yeah, as a UNC fan, and Duke really isn't as relevant in football. Yeah, so I mean, with all this um, realignment going on in, in college sports, it's really making people ask some difficult questions. You know, is it about ACC might be taking a couple lumps here in a little bit? It's, we'll see. I mean, they've been known um, to be they 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 like to put education first, and Notre Dame is also a different little creature on that front. So it'll be interesting to see um, which power wins. Is it is it going to be money or is it going to be education? Is it going to be a blend of the two? Which is what I hope. Um, but sit back and get your popcorn because yeah, things are changing. But it's it's interesting in being mostly a professional sports fan most of my life and not coming to the collegiate sports level as far as sports go until much later in life, there are certain cities that I dislike because of the sports teams. <laughs> it's hard to say, oh, I'm not going to go to Durham because Duke plays there. I mean, you're going to go to Durham still. You're going to go to Chapel. I mean, so it's a little bit different from that aspect, but you might <laughs> This Durham. like team in one sport, but not mind them in another. I mean, you go to Durham without going on Duke campus. So there's there's a little bit of a difference um, flavor, I think, once you go from professional to to uh, collegiate sports. You know, um, you can't go to Buffalo without running into a Sabres fan. <laughs> so that's that's my point. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, there's a lot of really great t-shirts from teams that no longer exist and if you want one you got to go to in the clutch.com uh, in the clutch i actually bought an atlanta thrashers shirt uh, the other day they're a really really great company um, they will also be having some house of jerks t-shirts pretty soon we're still working out the design a little bit but as soon as they come in you got to go there for that as well but even before you go there for that check them out in the clutch.com and if you use the code House of Jerks Pod, you'll get 10% off your entire order. So it's well worth it. They have a lot of really cool shirts. Not all of them are sports related, but like I said, some of the my favorite ones are. And there's a lot of really cool ones that are no longer in print that they have. Like I said, the the Atlanta Thrashers, they got some Harper Whaler stuff. Um, so it's it's yeah. really cool. And then of course, use the affiliate code House of Jerks Pod, so that would get 10% off. Um, also, if you are listening on Apple or Spotify, please rate and review. Um, if it's 
If you love the show, give us five stars. If you hated the show, just send me an email and let me know why you hated the show and we'll figure out how we can be better. Um, but please rate and review. Jeff, loved having you on, man. Yeah, man. Always a pleasure. We will, as we get closer to, uh, to basketball season again, um, actually, you know, one thing I did want to mention, um, completely off the topic of the question, but since I have you on the air, I wanted to go ahead and talk to you about it a little bit. Um, the Duke Chapel Hill game this year, basketball, you had told me that was probably the biggest game for you ever. Yeah. And, and I've been to the national championship game in person. So, yeah. And, and looking at it, being around the atmosphere and all, it was exciting. I still can't get into watching college basketball, but <laughs> I will say the atmosphere is electric and it's a lot of fun being there. Oh man. I mean, you know, it's, it's amazing out of, two-story programs eight miles away from each other um that this is out of all the success all the all the times in the ncaa this is the first time ever that they meet up it was um it was coach k's last game it was in the final four of all things not in any um earlier time yeah i mean it's it's just it was an incredible amount of circumstance that um that led to it and uh you know we were we were privileged enough to uh pull that one off because at the end of the day it was a hell of a fight and um you know two great teams so well we'll we'll have to see because when the canes host the cup again it's it's going to be in my opinion a whole lot better than <laughs> well i was there for the, the last time the canes won it all so uh uh, I'm definitely looking forward to that because that's that is also extremely e electric. I mean, just so much fun. I appreciate your time so much today, Jeff. Jeff, if people want to reach out to you, have a question either about Chapel Hill basketball or any other collegiate basketball history stuff, or if they're just interested in going to Chapel Hill and want to find out some information about the uh, the business school that you're an alumni of. How do they reach out to you? Well, you can always, uh, I, I work um, for Edward Jones. If you want to send me a quick um, email over there, it's uh, Jeff. It's spelled the old way, G-E-O-F-F dot Rayner, R-A-Y-N-O-R at edwardjones.com. I'd be more than happy to uh, talk to you. Jeff, again, I appreciate it. Thanks so much for crashing out on the House of Jerks this week. And uh, we'll have to have you back on when we let you into the kitchen. All right, guys. Well, take care of yourselves and uh, look forward to catching up soon. Until next time, jerks out. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.